better late than never, right? I'm sorry. I don't know if I looked at the schedule wrong in the sense that I thought yesterday was 11 and so was today, so I don't know. But here we are. Yesterday I was telling you something, and I got home last night after thinking through what we had talked about, and I had one of those moments like, oh, I started to tell him something, and then I went down one of my rabbit trails that I tend to do, and I forgot to finish what I was saying. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I told you there's a phrase there that I hadn't seen before. So if you've got your Bibles, turn back there. Galatians chapter 5. I want to show you this phrase because it actually ties in with what I was going to talk to you about this morning. But Galatians 5, we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, I mentioned to you the fact that um, first on yesterday morning, we talked about the fact of who God was, knowing the truth believing the truth and being the truth and then i talked to you about the holy spirit allowing him to conform us well in galatians chapter 5 verse 23 at the end there's a phrase that stuck out to me as i was studying this i had never seen before it says meekness temperance against such there is no law remember this is tied in with verse 22 as well because it was talking about the fruits of the spirit and saying there is no law against the fruits of the Spirit. And I've got a real bad ring up here, if you all could get that back there. It's echoing real bad. Is it just me? Maybe it's me. There's a ring up here. Um, but as I think about the issue of knowing the fruits of the Spirit, I know the fact that there's no law that says, hey, you have to love somebody. Hey, you have to do these things. It's very interesting. There's not a law created in any government that I know of that says, oh, by the way. But it's interesting. If you look at what we see in our country now, now it's getting to the point where, uh, what is it, the term hate speech? Because if you call something sin, um, that's hate speech. And I have to tell you, I, I do see our country changing and governments around us. But that's what I wanted you to see is that there were no laws ever created that said, hey, you have to love people. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to be meek to them. You have to be humble. And so this morning, though, as we talk, and I wanted to talk to you about Christ this morning because we talked about God the Father. I talked about the Holy Spirit yesterday. And today I want to talk to you about the love to love as Christ has loved. And, you know, I looked around. I saw uh, the, the college students that are here as your um, counselors last night I was watching them more than probably you all because I was just curious how were they responding to you last night um, through the the time at the campfire through all the other things some of them you know they were thinking through other things who knows what they were doing um, some of them having fun with the games I watched some of them over there playing uh, with some of the campers and some of them um, they were off in la-la land I think they were thinking about college coming up and maybe projects maybe things they've got to do um, and then I was watching you all as campers. Um, I was, hey, what's going on in your mind? Some of you think about, oh, I got to go home. I got to go back to this. Some of you is all about those marshmallows, man, those ooey gooey marshmallows. Some of you had to roast it just right. Some of you shoved it in the fire, caught it on fire, and it was black. I mean, it looked like a piece of coal. And you still ate it. That's good. Um, but I can tell you that as, as I was watching you, something about love just kept going across my mind. And, you know, as you think about, people are just irritating, aren't they? I watch some of you. Some of you, whether you realize it or not, you seem irritated by people around you. I can be the same way. I have been so irritated at times. Sometimes it's to the point, Uncle Paul got up here last night and mentioned to you he was sorry that he may have snapped at some of you yesterday. He, we all get that way, don't we? 
Some of you may have been irritated I was late this morning. Sorry, it was an honest mistake. I, I, normally I don't make those kind of mistakes, but uh, I'm Mr. Perfect at home. At least I got one of you. Um, but I can tell you that honestly, as humans, we all make mistakes. Humans are going to let us down. If you put your faith in your pastor, your youth pastor, anyone else besides God, I promise you they're going to let you down. Uh, just as I let you down this morning. And I guess as I think about we as humans, there's a song at our church every once in a while we'll sing it. I don't know if you've ever sang this or heard this song, but it's uh, we're all part of the family of God. And I can tell you at times I'm singing that song and I'm looking around and I'm going, I'm surprised they're part of the family. Oh, I'm surprised. And then I look, I'm like, I'm surprised I'm part. But you know, don't we do that? We look at people and go, how can they be a Christian? And the sad thing is we are supposed to love them no matter what. Uh, and that's hard. Isn't it hard to love people no matter what? You ever been around someone you knew hadn't had a bath? Some of y'all yesterday, you smelled rank by the end of the day. A um, couple of you came up and gave me hugs and I was, mm, I love you. <coughs> but I have to tell you, you know what? That's what God wants. My daughters, at a certain point in their lives, they saw something I was doing, and I do it on purpose. I go into any, any grocery store, any gas station. If I go in to buy something, I always watch the cashier because I, I did it for a long time. I was a cashier at Sam's Club, and I hated it because people, let me tell you, Sundays were the worst days to work at Sam's Club. People would come in after church, and they were crabby. Oh, my goodness. They were crabby. But when I go into a store, I told you I watch people. Well, I also try to help people as well. Cashiers, I always buy a candy bar. I'm like, what candy bar sounds good to you? And they're, I don't know. What do you like? I'm like, no, I'm asking you. What sounds good? And they'll tell me, so I'll put it on the thing. I'll ring it up. And then I put a track with it and say, here, take a break. And the woman or the man will look at me and go, why? I was like, take a break. Read this, will you? Some of them look at me like I'm crazy. Some of them I'm probably sure throw the track in the trash can. Some of them it's, why did he buy me a candy bar? Does he want me to look as big as he is? Possibly. Um, but I can tell you that as a human, I stop and I realize people want to know that people care about him. I don't know all of them. Some of the cashiers after a, being at a, going to a grocery store or going to Walmart year after year, I see some of them and I know them. There's a couple there I've actually gotten to know well. And that every time I come, they know and before I have to say a word, they tell me what they want. My daughters had gotten to the point where we had been out, and they were probably about six or seven years old, and they saw their first, what I will call, panhandler. You know the sign, uh, we'll work for food, or I'm a vet, I don't have any food. Some of them, I'm gonna tell you, I know they're faking it. And so instead of me just giving them cash, if they've got a sign up, we'll work for food, I like to go buy them something and then bring it to them, some food or something. And so I pulled up and asked them, what do you want to eat? nothing and so I finally got the point I just I go get him something well my daughter's like daddy there's somebody over there we need to get him some food so I said what do you want to get him and of course they're five or six what do they want what I was like no they won't like chicken McNuggets and my daughter said daddy you asked us what we wanted to get him we're getting them chicken nuggets I was like okay daddy did ask so daddy's gonna follow through with it so I got him chicken nuggets you know what had my girls we parked the car and because I'm such a big guy, I don't mind doing this. I wouldn't recommend this. Um, I had him get out. They walked it over the guy and handed it to him. He opened it up. When he saw what it was, he started crying. I looked at him. I was like, it's chicken nuggets, okay? But he started crying. And in my heart, I'm thinking, it was just a box of chicken nuggets and some fries. He goes, I haven't had chicken, chicken nuggets in years. And my daughters just looked at me and grinned as big as they could grin, like, nah. 
and you know what I realized then? I asked them, they told me what to get them, and instead of me trusting that the Lord was going to use them, I thought, no, I need to control this. And the Lord taught me something then. He taught me the fact that you love and you, you show love no matter what it is. Some of the craziest things I thought I bought for people or things that I thought, ah, they're not going to make a big difference. You know, right now I work with people, and the people I work with, you know what they're thrilled over? I bring in a box of coffee creamers that are different creamers, and they love it. Because I show them, hey, I care enough to buy some singles coffee creamers. And I'm like, what? They, that's, they just, they're thrilled over it. But you know what? The people who had worked there before me didn't care anything about what they liked. I even asked them, what kind of flavors you like? And I started buying certain flavors for certain people. You'd think I'd have hung the moon. And you know what it was? All they wanted to know was that somebody cares just a little bit about them. And that gentleman they took those nuggets to, you know what he wanted? He said, man, I, I have wanted a box of chicken nuggets. I thought, you know what they are, right? Um, but he wanted a box of chicken nuggets for whatever reason. Maybe it was the girls. I don't know what it was. But I had the opportunity to witness to him. And you know what he said? He said, I believe in Jesus Christ. I know that if I were to die, I'd go to hell. Or go to heaven, sorry. <laughs> my mind's still racing trying to get here sorry and as he's told me he knew who Christ was and what he had done for him on the cross you know what he said I believe Christians are all hypocrites he said it's people like this and he pointed to my daughters he said they know what love is and as that gentleman shared this thought with me and as I started thinking through some of the things that I wanted to share with you this morning I couldn't help, but as I stop, turn with me to Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to read two verses that I know you've probably heard multiple times. And as I think of love, uh, there's so many ideas that we have about love, don't we? Some people, we get there and we think, ah, love is this, it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's this, it's that. But I want you to understand, love is something that when we stop and see what love truly is and what, uh, as humans, we have relegated it to, I mean... I heard a, a married couple one time, said, the husband told the wife, said, hey, if you truly love me, you would have married somebody else. Um, Y'all will get that later, I promise. But if you think about it, what the guy was telling his wife, hey, if you love me, you'd have married someone else because I just can't stand you. Is that what love is? No. And I think as humans, we get that way, though, don't we? Some of us get so irritated with people around us. Matthew chapter 27, and if you look at verses 30. 7 to 39. This is a passage that is used quite often in Scripture. And as I turn there, give me just a second. I start talking. I told you my rabbit trails can take me down roads. I don't plan. 27, verse 37 and 39, or through 39. And set up over his head an accusation written, This is the king, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then when there are two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left, they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. And as I thought about the issue of what the crucifixion truly is and understanding what love is, do you realize Christ died because he loved us? He, did he have to die for us? No, they could, God could have just said, you know what, I'm done with creation. After Adam and Eve and all that had happened, when I see this passage in Matthew chapter 27, I can't help but think about the fact Jesus went out as far as defining what true love was when he hung there on the cross. You know, he could have gotten off that cross at any moment. He could have just walked right off that cross. When he started thinking about the things we've said, the things we've done, 
And as I heard the song that she chose right there, after you've already sung this morning, I apologize, but as I was thinking about the fact, will we shout it out? How many of you know people that are unsaved in your lives? Have you told them? I mean, if you had a cure for cancer, wouldn't you go out and tell the world? If you had a cure for AIDS and all these other epidemics and things that are out there, what is it now? Zika is a big thing everybody talks about. If you watched anything with the Olympics, all these different, I'm not going to the Olympics because they're worried about Zika and this virus. If you had a cure for all these diseases, wouldn't you run out and tell people about it? And yet here we are, we've got a cure for something that causes people, if they don't know who Christ is, where are they going to end up? Just as Angel said, is that not heartbreaking to think that we walk past people all the time and you don't know where they're going? And some, well, they don't want to hear it. I don't want to bother them. What do you mean you don't want to bother them? You want to let them die and go to hell? Why do you think I create friendships and relationships with those cashiers? Because sometimes it may not be the first time, but usually the second or third time I'll ask them, have you read it yet? A couple of them, no, I haven't. I said, how many of these have I given you? And usually I get a chuckle out of them, quite a few. I said, you still haven't read it? I said, man, I'd love to talk to you about it sometime. And then I start asking about their families, and I'll try to come up with some way to create a relationship with them. Why? To share the gospel. Not because I think I'm better, not because I think that I know everything, but I do know this. If they don't know my Savior, they're going to die and go to hell. That should be something that wakes us up and realizes we should be showing love to the world around us. And you say, well, what do you mean by this? First, love has to be a priority, guys. When I look at our lives, if love is not a priority, and I don't mean ooey-gooey, you know, mushy, oh, put your arm, hold hands, all that stuff. But if true love is not a priority in our lives, and I think of this, 1 John chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles, I know I'll make you turn, I've got a few verses to go through, but 1 John chapter 3, I thought of this when I was thinking through the issue of... Um, of what love truly is. First John chapter 3, it's a verse that I have used in many different instances in my life, but First John 3 and verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. When you understand that we are bestowed something that I can't... Anyone in this room, and don't raise your hand, this is just a, a rhetorical question, but if you are adopted, you understand this probably better than any of the rest of us. Because when you understand what adoption is, when a name is given to you, and someone shows that they love you enough that, hey, I want to adopt you into the family, that's what this verse is talking about. Once you are saved, you are adopted into the house of God. You have become, as Scripture puts it, a joint or co-heir with Christ. Everything that is Christ is now yours. And that's something awesome. That's why some of the songs that the Christian artists put out call us um, that we are kings and queens, that we are to be those kings and queens to the earth, to allow them to see what God is. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget we have been given so much. Do we deserve it? There's nothing I do that deserves the fact that I am now a joint heir with Christ. And when you understand that, that's why you've got to make love a priority to the world around you. You know what? When I think of this issue of love, Jesus made this issue of love his defining moment and what he did on the cross for us. And so as I think of those defining moments in our lives, some of you, it may be sports. Some of you, it may be college. You say, hey, my family, I'm only the second or third one to go through college. Um, and I have to tell you, you look at it and you realize there's defining moments in each of our lives. But even more than that, the defining moment of every one of our lives is what Christ did on the cross. And whether we believe it or whether we reject it. 
And I think as Christians, that has to be our, our key, is to go out and show the love of Christ so that they see it. Number two, not only to have love be a priority, but to understand the importance of love and what love truly is. John chapter 14 and verse 15, when Christ um, even used this with the Jews, who really, the Jews had been brought up under the law. And so everything they had been taught, if you look at what the Jews were taught, it would seem more logical to them that everything that they should do should be out of obedience. But that's not what Christ told them. If you look in John chapter 14, the interesting thing that as he was telling this and telling the Jews to do this, I'm sure in the back of their minds, they're like, wait a minute, this isn't how we've been trained. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, and Christ is talking to his disciples here. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't tell them, keep the commandments out of obedience. He didn't say, do it because you have to. He said, keep them because you love me. You know what, my daughters, um, as my wife and I um, went through the issue of having our first child, I have to say, I started thinking through some things. Man, I was rotten as a kid. Um, there were things I, I don't want my daughters to have to suffer through. There are things that, as a teacher, I have seen. I watched a young lady that I taught. She wanted to make a commitment to God that she would not kiss anyone until her wedding night. I watched, this was at a private school. Do you think everybody in her class agreed with her? Okay, it was a conviction. I'm not saying anybody has to go here, so don't go out on a limb and say, Scott, you're weird, okay? But I wanted to tell you, I listened to this young lady and I saw her heart. The first kiss she wanted to have was with her husband on their wedding night. I thought, man, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. I get it. And I wondered, I thought, okay, as a human, my first thought was, will she find a guy like that? And then I got to think I'm limiting God. I say I watched her senior year of high school, the guys in her class. They went on their senior trip. They got to go to Canada, got to go see Niagara Falls, got to go to New York City. The guys on the trip were going to make it their priority. They said, we're going to give her a kiss on this trip. One of the guys got up in the middle of the bus and had her in tears. I didn't realize this was going on. No one had said it. I was sitting up as a big charter bus. I was sitting up in the front. And I heard this was going on. One of the kids came up and got me. I went back to the back. This guy was, he thought he was all that in a bag of nachos with it, I guess. I don't know. But he just, he, he thought he was there. I stood up to him in the back of the bus because he had his back to me. And I tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around. I said, sit down. He looked me in the eye and said, why? I said, sit down now. When the bus stopped at the next stop, everybody got off. He's walking through. I grabbed his arm. I said, you're going to sit until we get done talking. No, sir. I said, you're going to sit. So he sat on the bus. I looked him in the eye. I said, let me tell you something, young man. This young lady that you're threatening and all this stuff, I said, it could be looked at as a form of harassment. I said, if it doesn't stop, I will pick you up, throw you over my shoulder, carry you to the nearest airport, and I will put you on a one-way flight back to the Tri-Cities. And remember, these are quote-unquote Christian kids. Well, what does it matter? I'm just teasing with her. I said, you brought her to tears, number one. And number two, where's your conviction at? I said, she wants to live a certain way for her husband. I said, you know what it is? I think there's guilt in your life. You don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Kane. I said, yes, I do. I said, because you know what? She puts me to shame. When my wife and I had our first daughter, there were some things that I started thinking through. We started talking about. I saw something another parent had done. They went out at their daughter's 13th birthday and bought her a diamond ring. 
the father and daughter went out on this big meal, had, got all dressed up, and the father presented that diamond ring to his daughter and said, this is a token, and I only want you to take this if you're going to look me in the eye and promise me that you will do your best to remain pure till you're married. I also know that you're going to fail. There's times that we make mistakes. I will still love you, but this is a promise. This is a token from me as your father, and I want you to take this if you can look me in the eye and promise me that you'll do your best. And as your father, I will promise to help guide you and direct you in the ways that are right. As I saw this, I just thought, that's what I want for my daughter. My daughter turns 13 this year. You know what I did last week? Went and bought a diamond ring. It's in my house. It's in a safe. I was going to bring it this morning. I thought, I'm not sure what it be. Forget it. Um, my daughter hasn't seen it yet. She doesn't know it's coming. But you know what, as a parent, I want to train my daughter that I want her to realize there's something special waiting for in marriage. And that the world shows love as something that, oh, everybody has it. Just enjoy life. Everybody can be part of your life, and it doesn't matter. Guys, I'm here to tell you, it affects your marriage. The things that people think is love, let me tell you, that's not love. It's lust. It is something that we, we want to get a moment that, hey, I'm, I'm gratified right now. My satisfaction is, and that's all that matters. Is that all that matters? No, when you understand the love of Christ and understand the importance of who he is, John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I want my daughters to know I love them so much that, hey, I'm not doing this because I want to limit you. I'm not doing this because I don't want you to have fun. I'm doing this because I want you to understand something. Life is short and there's, there's consequences for sin. I had a professor at a Christian college that he and his wife had been married for 20 plus years. They had three kids. Their first child came down with a sickness. After being married for 20 years, they had been living a lie and no one knew it but the husband. Oldest child came down with a sickness as they started researching, trying to figure out what it was. The child was sick because of a disease that the husband had and the wife didn't know it. The doctor said, hey, one of you has, has a disease that's been transmitted because of having a relationship with someone prior to your marriage. No, no, we're married, we're Christians, we, we didn't do, no, nothing like that. They went home that night from the doctor's office and the husband brought the wife into the bedroom, closed the door and shared. The doctor was right. It was only one time, but I thought it wouldn't matter. All three of his kids are sick because of this. Let me ask you, are there consequences for your actions? There is. And when you understand Christ's love and understand, he didn't do it because he's saying, hey, you've got to follow my commands because I want you to, because you have to. It's because I love you. And when you understand that and what love truly is, not only do we understand the importance of love, but then the third point, and this is my final point, I've got just a couple thoughts that go with it, is to demonstrate that love to the world around us. When you think of love and the value of other people, when you think of what other people is, it's not lust, it's not gratification, but it's something that as Christians, we should value people to the point that love is something so much more than a warm feeling. It's so much more than, oh, I'm by their side. What happens when your wife gets sick or your husband gets sick and they're in a wheelchair? Does that feeling go away? What happens when they put on a few too many pounds, eating a few too many of your biscuits and gravy, um, 
and they've got no self-control because that's what it is. What happens when they don't look the way or they lose their hair? Man, I had, I still have thick hair over here. Right here, I look like a chia pet. But I promise you, what happens when all their looks go away? I still look nice. Anyway, um, but I can tell you that as Christians, when you stop and understand, God loved us not because of something we have to offer, but he loves us because of something he had to offer us. And you know what it was? It was the fact that he had a son that was going to live a perfect life in a way we couldn't live. And he was going to be that sacrifice for you and I. And as I stop and see this, man, I can't help but understand. When you understand what love truly is and what the value of love should be about people around us, there was a pastor that once was asked, how, what did he charge people for weddings that he did? The pastor made this comment. He said, I don't give out a, a charge. I always look at the groom, and I get paid much better by this answer. You know what he told the groom? You pay me whatever she is worth. If she's worth a lot to the man, what should happen? Yeah. And the pastor, every time he said it, you think about it. As a groom, as high, before my wedding, let me tell you, if a pastor had told me that, I guess we're not going on our honeymoon because she's worth every penny I have. When you understand what love truly is, it's caring about another person so much that you put your own feelings, your own thoughts, your own everything about yourself aside, and you do it for other people. Not just my wife, not just my kids, but let me ask you, do you care about that person you see in Walmart? Do you care about the person I shush? Man, let me tell you, I shush so many people, and I do it, you know why? To try and start a conversation. Some of them just look at me like I'm crazy and walk away. They're like, he's creeping. No, I'm not. I want to share something with you, but I promise if a, a bald six foot five guy comes up to you and says, hey, I want to share something with you, a lot of them look at me like, I'm crazy. I'm getting away from you. What are you after? You know, where's the kids? Honey, you know, and they're trying to find, and I can tell you, some of them back away, but when they see I'm hiding and playing hide and go seek with my daughters in Walmart, it's hilarious. They look at me like I'm a fruitcake. I promise I am. But I can tell you, I can tell you that when they stop and see that, they realize, you know what, life is fun. I want them to realize life is so important. My daughters, and I want the others around us to see, we love life, but there's a reason why I love it. Because my Savior died on a cross for me. He didn't have to. I don't deserve that. And neither does anyone else sitting here. Neither do the people that you come in contact with, but yet they deserve to hear the truth, ladies and gentlemen. They deserve to know the truth. And you know what they see sometimes from us as Christians? I don't have time for them. Man, I got a college paper to write. I've got this to do. My professor's on me. My mom and dad are on me. My grades have dropped. I'm, my girlfriend won't leave me alone. My boyfriend, man, he's just a pest. Um, whatever it is, does he ever get done looking in the mirror at his hair? He thinks he's all that. What would happen if he looks like me? I promise it's going to happen. But I can tell you that as a Christian, all those things are going to go away. You know what won't? The missed opportunities. The chances that you've had to be the one that God wants to use in such a mighty way. And as I think about this and I understand what love is, I also know that love is vulnerable. Love is letting the walls down. Do you know what? How many of you have been hurt? The rest of you are liars. We've all been hurt. Do you know what? The issue is this, love is something that you're willing to give up that hurt and say, you know what, no matter what happens to me, I want people around me to know what love truly is. 
I want to be vulnerable to the point that Christians, it's costly, ladies and gentlemen. Love is something, it's not cheap. You're not going to walk away and go, hmm, I got everything I wanted. My wife and I have been married for 20 years. And if she were here, I'm not saying this with her not here, because she used to come to these with me, but right now she's at our church involved in some stuff um, that was going on that she couldn't put off. Um, but I know this. If you were to ask her in front of me right now, she would tell you, he has been the furthest thing from perfect. I have failed her. I have let her down. I have abused our relationship at times. I am not proud of it. But yet she still loves me. She still wants to have a relationship with me. She still wants to know that I care about her. You know what? That's what God wants from us. He wants us to love him, to show that love to the world around him. And he asks us, think about the commands he's given us. Let me tell you, the New Testament is full of a ton of commands. And what did Christ tell his disciples? If you love me, you will obey my commands. And I think as Christians, we forget that. Are we showing that love? Are we being vulnerable to the world? People are going to fail us. People are going to let us down. And then the last thought here, as I think about this, love entails a cost. And you say, yeah, but you said that was vulnerable. I know, but I want you to think about the cost it entails. Man, love gets dirty. Love gets messy. There's someone that lives out by our church that doesn't go to church. He's a gentleman that I met in a store. Hmm, guess how I met him? Candy bar. I bought him a candy bar, and next thing you know, conversation started, and we started talking, and I saw him getting into his car one day after work because he was coming out as I was coming out, and I recognized the car. I said, hey, do you live in? I know, creeping, okay. And when I told him, he goes, yes. And so he started talking. Well, then next thing I know, after a period of time, stuff happened. He lost his leg because of a disease that he's got. And he no longer can work outside his house. I know he doesn't go to church. I know that they had gone to church years ago, and he got hurt. And so I said, hey, I said, you got something around the house that needs some work done. First look, he was like, what's going on? But I realized, with this leg, my grandfather had a wooden leg from World War II. He'd been shot by a burp gun. Go study. I don't have time to explain it. I'm already about out of time. But I want you to realize something. I saw this man walking on that wooden leg, and I realized people treated my grandfather poorly after World War II. Couldn't come back and get a job. He ended up having to work as a janitor. Can you imagine walking on wet floors with a wooden leg and having no traction? He fell and broke his hip two different times at his job because people didn't want to give him a job after he had fought for our country. Hearing that and watching that has caused me to stop and look at people differently at times. I saw this man's leg and I said, hey, I want to help you out. What do I got to pay you? Nothing. I can't do it all the time, but whenever I have free time on a weekend or on a weeknight if something needs done, you know what? It has given me such blessing to help this man. My grandfather died in 1996. Every time I help this man, all I can think of is my grandfather. Love is costly. I've got other things I could be doing, and I'm not puffing myself up. I'm trying to get you to see something. Love takes time out and helps people no matter what the cost. And you know what this man said? He said, after a couple times I've done stuff, I've painted this, I've done this for him, I've cleaned his um, fireplace off the brick on the outside because of mold and stuff growing. I've tried to help in any way I possibly can. He goes, why do you do it? 
We were sitting on his porch. He brought me a bottle of water. I said, why did you bring it to me? He said, you were working. I said, sir, I said, you are important, not to me only, but to God as well. And I watched the tears stream up in his face. He said, most Christians don't do that. And I said, you know what? I said, I want to do it because I want you to see who Christ is and what he should be. Not what you have seen through other people. I said, because you know what? I'm going to fail you too. There's been times I have missed doing stuff for him. I couldn't. And I told him, I said, man, I will get to you as soon as I can. It was two months after the fact. I went back to do something. He got somebody else to do it. He said, man, I know you're busy. He said, I don't expect you to do all this stuff. I said, I know you don't, but you know what? I do it because I want him to realize God's important. And if I only get one thing across to that man, that God is important because he loved him so much he sent his son to die on a cross, is that not what is, is most important? Not my time, not my time away from all the other things I got to do, because let me tell you, they mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. But if this man doesn't know who God is, and he dies and goes to hell, I want to know that I have given the gospel, I have been willing to help, and I have shown the love of Christ to him the way I should. And I know that as Christians, that's what it's about. I don't know where it is, where, who it is you need to help. Maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your grandparents, maybe it's somebody that lives next door to you. You ever notice some of those homes where the grass is growing tall? Maybe it's someone who lost a husband. Maybe it's someone who has gone through something. They need somebody to mow grass. I know some of you gentlemen could mow some grass for them. Man, go a little bit out of the way. Look at people because you know what? You don't know what is going on in their lives. And pray that God allows you to show the love of who he truly is. Bow your heads and close your eyes. As we close this morning and as I thought of this, I don't want you looking at me, but I want you thinking of this story. I came across the story in the doctor's office about what tr love truly is. The founder of World Vision, it's a Christian relief organization. The guy's name is Bob Pierce. And as I was reading this story, he had leukemia. He was dying from leukemia. And instead of sitting at home, he decided he was going to Indonesia to visit a friend. While in Indonesia, he saw a little girl laying by a river on a bamboo mat she was dying as well from cancer. He was so mad at these people. Why is she laying here? Why is she not in the clinic? And you know what they told him? They said, Bob, she's laying here because she wants to die in a place that she's familiar with. And the cool river, the water here running by, she just, it's calming, it's peaceful, and she wants to die where she's familiar with. Bob reached down and grabbed the little girl's hand, knelt in the mud, and started stroking her hand and just praying for her right there. She didn't know what he was saying, but while Bob was praying, he knew that the Lord had something bigger for this, this missionary trip he was on. And he finished praying, he stood up, and the little girl reached out for him and said something. And as she said something, Bob said, well, what did she say? Pray that I can sleep. I just want to sleep one more time. Because of the pain she was in from the cancer, she hadn't been able to sleep. Bob had in his sack, his backpack, he had a a bottle of sleeping pills because of his leukemia he hadn't been able to sleep he broke down in tears and he said Lord is this why I'm here just for this one issue man this is an easy one he reaches in grabs the sleeping pills and gives them to this guy and says here make sure she sleeps make sure she gets that sleep before she passes away and but make sure she knows who Christ is as well And he said she is a Christian Bob but the interesting thing was Bob for the next 10 days had no pills he wasn't able to sleep for 10 days. Let me ask you, was that love costly for him? But you know what? God was so important to him that he wanted to help someone else. He knew this girl could sleep for 15, 20 days on the bottle of pills he had if he would just give them to her. 
Dearly Father, I come to you so humbled. I thank you for these young people and their attentiveness. I know, Lord, that in each of their hearts, I looked, I saw some of them, the hurt that's in their eyes, some of this pain, the struggle that they're going through. Maybe, Lord, it's some of them need to straighten some things out in their lives before they go home. Maybe it's the fact that they want to be a better witness, a better testimony to their parents, to the, their family. Maybe it's friends around them. Maybe it's even the people that live next door, Lord. I pray that you would help them settle that, that they would go back refreshed. And yes, this world is messy, but I know, Lord, we can make it such a better place by us showing your love to the world around us. Bless us now in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen.